We are completely blown away by Joe Tolls, his family, and how our church gets to be a part of something like that in the world. It was a couple of months ago where I met Joe and some of his boys, and I was blown away by what God was doing in and through his life. But I had no idea that God was using him in such an incredible way. Most of you don't know this, but God is actually using the story of that family to go out to millions of people through social media. And what's beautiful about this season in our church is I feel like when we're just coming in and out of a building every week, there's a lot of people around us who maybe we never speak to or maybe never even really notice the amazing things God is doing. And during this season where we haven't been able to gather together, it's been an opportunity for our team to sort of take inventory and go, who's being the church in a way that is so special, that is so significant? And how do we not just tell their story, but how do we get behind them and make sure that our church is moving? as one unit moving forward. That is not just a special story for us to applaud. That's a moment for us to notice that the God of the universe is doing something so significant through Joe and we need to lock and load that family with so much support moving forward. I am pumped up to bring the word of God to you and I'm pumped up to be a part of a church where there's so many stories that are happening that we don't even get to hear or celebrate. And so if you have a story to tell of what God's done in and through your family, send us an email at jesuswins at auburncommunitychurch.com. We want to hear about what God is doing. And during this season, we've heard some special things are happening. Last Sunday, if you missed that gathering, I feel like every Sunday I say, you need to make sure you watch last week. But last Sunday was such a special moment because we talked about how the word of God is an opportunity for us to not not just hear more about who God is, but to connect with the God of the universe personally. And I challenged our church to pray the prayer, God, incline my heart to your word. Turn my heart to know your word, to see things in your word that I've never seen before. And my hope and my prayer is that you've been looking to God's word this week. And as I was looking to the word of God, I couldn't help but feel like God wants us to lean in a little bit closer to what it means to meet with Jesus as we turn the pages of Scripture. So I want to give you the title of my sermon from this moment. You can write this down if you're taking notes. The title is, Speak, Lord, I'm Listening. Speak, Lord, I'm Listening. Can you look at somebody next to you right now and say, listen up? Just look at him, say, listen up, listen up. That's what we want to happen in this moment. Now, I want to recognize that it is much easier to speak than it is to listen. It's a lot easier to share something than it is to truly tune in. And there's a chosen few who maybe your natural gifting is to listen, but I know for me and I know for many others, it actually takes more energy to fully tune in to what somebody is saying than it does to share your opinion. And when I look around at what's happening in our world and what's happening in our churches right now, I see a lot of speaking and a lot of shouting and very little listening. And I believe what God has called us to do in our day is to adjust the posture of our hearts and our minds from needing to share everything that we feel to actually having empathy and opening ourselves up to what someone else has to say. 
Listening is strong, and listening is actually very meaningful. And people have asked me, man, this has been such a crazy year. There's so much going on with the economy. There's the coronavirus pandemic. There's what's happening in our world and in our country racially. There's so many other things that come up week in and week out that it has been just a fast-paced moment for the church to figure out how to respond. And when I tell people, when they ask me, hey, what's the main thing you've been doing during these days? And I tell people, I've been doing a lot of listening. It seems like a weak response. It seems like it's sort of passive or just kind of taking a back seat. But actually, I believe the humility that it takes to listen while many others are caught up in a shouting match is the exact posture God has called the church to during this day. And I believe for so many of us, if we would simply let go of a lot of the things that we think we need to share and, and open up our hands, but more than that, open up our hearts to actually hear what's being said and gather from the word of God where we are called to stand. I believe that's the posture God's called us to move forward with. And as I was thinking about that, I thought about how, man, there's just so little healthy dialogue happening right now because everybody wants to speak, everybody wants to shout, and nobody really wants to listen. I thought, you know what? That's probably not just something that's blocking us from understanding each other. That's probably also something that's blocking us from understanding God. Like how many of us have a voice in our head that we cannot silence long enough to actually be present in the presence of God and say, speak, Lord, I'm actually in a posture and in a position where I'm ready to receive what you have to say. And I believe last week we talked about praying when you open the word of God and saying, God, incline my heart to love your word, to see you in the pages of this book. I believe we need to take it further than a prayer, and we need to take it into a posture today. And that posture is called availability. From the beginning of our church, I've been saying that God's not looking for perfect people. God is looking for available people. And I believe the voice of God is always speaking. It's just a question of whether or not we're in a posture or in a position to actually receive what he has to say today that determines how much of his presence we are able to encounter. And I want to show you a story from the word of God about making yourself available and the voice of God transcending time and space to speak to an individual. And this is a story that has informed my personal view of my one-on-one times with God, unlike any other story. If you have your Bible, hold it up. Would you hold it up right where you are right now? We can't get tired of doing the digital Bible drill. Let's make sure that we're turning our eyes upon Jesus as we turn the pages of scripture. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Some of y'all are like, what? 1 Samuel? I've got to go table of contents. There's no shame in the table of contents. Like, you're not in the room. Nobody can see you. Look it up. It's at the beginning of your Bible. 1 Samuel is the account of the prophet and priest named Samuel who was born to a woman named Hannah. And when you read the beginning of 1 Samuel, you read about this woman named Hannah who was struggling with infertility. And she goes to the house of the Lord with a prayer. She wants to have a baby. And she's actually praying so earnestly that the priest, Eli, thinks that she is drunk. You should read your Bible sometime. There's some stories in here that will shock you and surprise you, some of the true details of what happens. And Hannah is crying out to the Lord, and Eli is like, put away your wine. And Hannah's like, I'm not drunk. I'm desperate. I really need the God of the universe to hear my prayer. And so Eli blesses her. 
And she basically makes an oath where she says, if God gives me a son, I will dedicate him to the house of the Lord. And she has a son, names him Samuel. And when Samuel turns four years old, he moves in to live full time in the house of the Lord under the leadership of a priest named Eli. And as he grows up, he grows into this incredible calling where eventually he's going to anoint King Saul and then anoint King David, which will lead into the lineage of Jesus himself. But at the beginning of Samuel's time underneath Eli, there was a lot of evil happening in the house of Eli. Eli was a good priest, but he wasn't a great father. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they would abuse people by taking the offering that they brought to the Lord and using the best parts of that offering for themselves. They would also sleep with the women who worked at the front of the temple. A lot of things happening in this household that if you come from a messed up family, you should read about Eli's family because he's running the house of the Lord and then he's got these crazy kids that he's trying to get them to follow the Lord, but they're not listening. And so God pronounces judgment on Eli's house at the exact same time he calls Samuel into the role of prophet and priest. And that's where we're going to pick this up. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. If you're there, say I'm there. This is what it says. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. This is a strange story, a little bit obscure, but I believe there's so many themes found in this story that translate to how we view the word of God. I want to go back to verse 1. Would you look at this? It says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. There's a reason why Samuel, who's writing this account, puts that at the very beginning of his calling. Because the word of the Lord being rare and visions not happening are actually the same thing. That's because the vision and the voice of God is the word of the Lord. And when you read this story, you start to understand that seeing God is not necessarily this supernatural experience that some people have and some people don't. Seeing God and hearing God goes hand in hand with the word of the Lord. And if the word of the Lord is rare, so are visions. And if the word of the Lord is something you don't know, look at verse 7. I don't know if you even noticed this. It said, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That's the same thing said twice. The Lord has not been revealed to you if the word of the Lord has not been revealed to you. 
The word of God is the vision and the voice of Jesus. And there's a part of me that thinks every single week when I open my Bible and I go, I'm telling you, if you want to see Jesus, if you want to know Jesus, open your Bible. I'm not saying open your Bible and learn about a story that leads up to a man named Jesus and goes from his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm talking about the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that can transcend time and space to speak to you as you open your Bible and meet with the God of the universe. The word of the Lord is not information. There is a real opportunity you have on a daily basis to hear from God. And the reason why I believe the word of God is fixed and it's already written and in our hands is because it's God speaking and it's always a constant. You know God is always saying something to you. Question is never whether or not God is speaking. The question is always whether or not we're listening. And as God calls on Samuel, Samuel knows he's hearing a voice, but he doesn't know where the voice is coming from. He hasn't learned about the word of the Lord. And watch what happens in verse 8. Let's read it together. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Now, if I'm Eli in this moment, I'm getting a little bit annoyed by this child who keeps waking up in the middle of the night. Any young parents can can identify with that. Then Eli, watch this, realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel. Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. We're going to pause right there. God's voice is going out to call the boy Samuel. But Samuel doesn't discern where this voice is coming from until he stops running to what he's always known and starts opening himself up right where he is. Every time the voice speaks, Samuel assumes, well, someone's calling me. It's got to be Eli. All I've ever known is the voice of Eli. But what he needed is to learn how to discern the voice of the Lord. And it's not until Samuel postures himself in a place to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That even though God's been talking the other time, it's not getting through to Samuel until Samuel stops pursuing another voice and starts opening himself up to the voice that was already speaking. I believe that's exactly how God wants to speak to us through his word. I believe you and I spend so much of our effort and so much of our time trying to seek out the call of God, trying to seek out the voice of God and going, what is God saying? And I gotta, I gotta get all this advice about what God's saying, what's God saying, I gotta read all these scriptures and I gotta listen to all these podcasts and I gotta read all these books and how do I know, how do I know that God is talking to me? But I believe our pursuit of the voice of God needs to shift from running around trying to find what he's saying to taking inventory of our own hearts and minds and shutting out all of the distractions that are blocking out what's truly being revealed. Here's what I want you to receive today. I want you to receive this. Listening to God is not about chasing him down. Listening to God is about opening ourselves up. Listening to God is not about chasing God down. It's about opening ourselves up. And here's the beautiful thing. If you really want to hear from God, it'll happen on the other side of resting, not striving. 
Did you notice when Samuel kept getting up and seeking out what the voice was? He wasn't able to understand it was the Lord. The only time he was able to truly hear the word of the Lord was when he stayed right where he was and just let the voice of God meet him in that space. Church, that's the struggle for you. That's the struggle for me. What we really need to discern the voice of God is to drown out the voices that are competing against his so that we can clearly hear from him. And I'm the most guilty person who's a part of this gathering of not doing that. Church, I'm tired. We're, gosh, what are we, like four months into the response to COVID-19 and so much happening in our world. And I just feel like my brain is a factory of noise some days where it's just the next thing to freak out about, the next thing to be so concerned about, and the next thing to really derail me from hearing the voice of God that I don't even realize is a distraction, that I just think is the next thought, that I just think is the right thing to be thinking about. But what I've noticed is when I'm willing to fill my mind with all of these things that are competing for my affection and competing for my attention, what I don't realize that I'm doing and what you don't realize that you're doing is you're actually drowning out the voice of the Lord who wants to speak to you today. And so our pursuit of the voice of God, listen, I'm all for resources. I'm all for learning how to read your Bible better. I'm all for getting in community and reading the scriptures together. But here's the thing. If you throw the Bible on top of everything else that you're thinking about, that you're caring about, that has your attention today, the revelation of the voice of the Lord will be few and far in between. The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Could it be that the word of the Lord was readily available. The people just weren't listening. ACC, I want our posture today to be, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I want our posture to be one of ownership over our own spirit. I want to show you how to listen to the voice of God as you open the word of God. But I want to tell you, until you own this for yourself, it will not happen naturally. And so I got two points today. This is going to be a short sermon, and I believe we got a moment of worship to wrap up this time together where we're going to make ourselves available to the God of the universe. So could you go with me on this? Can you say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. I got two points for you from this scripture. Number one is this. Listening to God is proactive, not reactive. Listening to God is proactive, not reactive. As you notice, Samuel didn't discern the voice of the Lord when he was reacting to hearing the voice of the Lord. He discerned the voice of the Lord when he decided ahead of time that he was listening. You got to be proactive with your attention and you really got to learn to be proactive with your day. I'll say this, if I go into a given, a given day planning to react to the voice of God, I'm probably not going to hear clearly from God. And to be real with you, that's how I go about a lot of my days. I go, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to open the word of God at some point, And I'm definitely going to hope that God is speaking. And if God says something, I'll react to him, sure. But here's the thing. What would it look like if you and I went into the day going, God is speaking. God has something to say today. Jesus died to give me access to my heavenly father, the God of the universe. He has something to say, and I don't want to miss it. So I'm going to proactively posture my attention and my heart to receive what I know is going to be said. Listening is proactive, not 
reactive. And too many of us sit on the sidelines of talking about God not speaking and God not being that real to us and God not really getting through to our hearts and minds. And it's because we haven't taken the proactive step with our minds and hearts or our will to actually see it through. You know, listening is active. James says it this way in James chapter 1, verse 22. He said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, that's a key word, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, they will be blessed in what they do. James says, don't read the word for information. Read the word to work it out. You know when God will speak to you? Sometimes not necessarily when you read something, but when you do something that you read. And as you work it out, he works it in you. I love that it says, whoever looks intently. What does that mean? That means to look with intention. Like when you're you're reading the Bible, you have to read it with a heart that's surrendered to what you're being taught or the power of it won't get through to you. So if your intention in reading the Bible is to cross off the list that you had a quiet time today, don't be surprised if that time doesn't transform your day. But if your intention in opening your Bible with that prayer, God, incline my heart to your word and that posture, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I promise you on the other side of that is a revelation that will not just change your day. It will change your life. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of like really powerful moments at conferences at summer camps, at big gatherings where I was listening to a speaker or a moment where a song was being played. And those moments were so powerful. I wouldn't trade them away for anything. But here's the thing. Those moments do not compete to the moments where I've been in a room and I've had a Bible open and I've had my heart open and I have felt the God of the universe enter into that space and speak to me on such a personal level. You cannot tell me that my God is not real. He talks to me. It's happened. It's so real to me. And I believe when God starts speaking to you this way, you'll have promises of scripture that over seasons in your life start to become more real to you than the physical people in your life. But until you actually taste that and until you actually see how good this can be, I can't stress enough making yourself available because it will happen with an open heart and an open Bible, and it will happen where you and I are proactively moving our lives toward these moments, not going, God, I hope you speak today, and if you do, I'll react to it. That's not faith. That's laziness. And I've, I've gotten to a place where more often than not, my spirituality has just gotten lazy. God, well, if you want to show me something, you're God. God's going, literally, literally, 66 books written over thousands of years, perfectly orchestrated to tell you who I am in your own language. Got different translations if this one doesn't work for you. I have laid this in your lap. Church, God has spoken. Are we listening? Speak, Lord. I'm listening. So listening to God, number one, what do we say? What do we say? It's got to be proactive, not reactive. Number two, and this one's going to hurt, but it's going to be so good. Listening to God is interactive, not passive. Listening to God is interactive, not passive. When you read your Bible, I view that as the most relational opportunity you and I have to meet with the God of the universe. 
And I want to read to you what happens next in this story because we paused at the end of verse 11 and I did that intentionally because what I'm about to show you will shock you in the midst of this story from 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I want to show you that the word of the Lord is not simply intended to be something we hear and go, okay, that's nice. It's something God calls us to engage with. If you have your Bible, go back with me into the story to 1 Samuel chapter 3. God says, see in verse 11, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Now watch this. Let's read the rest of the story. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. It's a whole chapter of scripture. But here's a part that very few people recognize was available if Eli's heart had been available. Samuel gets this word from the Lord. Hey, Samuel, I'm going to put you into place as the prophet and priest. I've rejected Eli. I've rejected his sons. They're wicked. I'm going to raise you up. And when Samuel wakes up, he's kind of freaked out to tell Eli because he's like, I don't want to tell my master that God's going to take him and his family out. But that is what God said. And we don't ever need to be ashamed of the word of the Lord. When God says something clearly, regardless of how it is going to be received, it needs to be spoken. The word of God is true, it is good, and it is for freedom. So Samuel says, okay, here's what God told me. And it says, Eli said, the word of the Lord is good. It's good. And you might read that and think, oh, Eli's so spiritual, accepting the word of the Lord, even though it affects his family negatively. Not when you read cover to cover through the Bible. So when the word of the Lord goes out through a prophet, that's not simply to tell people what's going to happen in the future. That's to invite people to create a new future. And there are countless moments throughout the Old Testament where a prophet speaks something and because the people humble themselves and the people repent, God actually relents on his previous word and extends mercy. So you read what Eli said and you're like, that's so great that he's willing to accept the word of the Lord. I read that and I go, oh my goodness, Eli. Even though that's the word of the Lord in this moment, if your heart is soft enough to bow before God and go, no God, may it not be so in my life. I'm gonna interact with you and I'm gonna beg you. Can I get a third chance? Can I get a fifth chance? Can I get a 10th chance? And I'm telling you, more often than not, God extends mercy. So what does that mean for a New Testament believer? God's word is set in stone. Don't hear me say God will change his word. 
But I do believe that when you and I read the word of God, you don't read the word of God about things that are fixed and final. You read the word of God to respond with a prayerful heart and invite God into your story. So you might read the word of God as a 70-year-old man today, and it says, a man reaps what he sows. And you've spent your whole life disobeying God. And in your family, in your marriage, in your financing finances, you're reaping what you've sown, and you're going, thanks, Scripture. My whole life's been built on a lie. Thank you for reminding me and rubbing my face in my shame. No, 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 no. That's not the invitation of the Word of God. The invitation of the Word of God to a relationship with your heavenly father. And when you read something in the Bible that doesn't look like your life, you don't respond bitter and put the Bible on the shelf. You go, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my life doesn't look like your perfect law. I'm sorry that I haven't conformed my behavior to look like all of these ways and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But here's the thing. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. My heart is soft enough to change. I don't want to be like this forever. God, change me. And when you read the Bible with a heart that's soft enough to actually respond in the moment, now you've given the Holy Spirit grounds in which he can transform your life from the inside out. So open your Bible and open your heart. I want to challenge us to do this as a church. I believe God has a Samuel-like call for our church in our day. That he's raising up ACC to stand on the word of God and not be ashamed of it. That maybe generations past have missed some things that God has called us to correct, not in the prideful way, not in an arrogant way, but in a humble, worshipful way. Go, no, we're not just gonna read it. We're gonna do what this says and we're gonna be the church. I believe that there's a lot of people listening to me right now who you're like Eli. You think your story's been written. You think the mistakes have been made and you think it's all said and done. And I just want to challenge you in this moment, if you'll make yourself available to God, God can do more with a few breaths than we can do with 90 years. Make your heart available. And the combination of a younger generation that's available for a new thing and an older generation that's repentant and open could be a move of God like no other. My heart is hurting for what's happening in our world and in our country. And honestly, I've been confused most weeks as to how to lead you through these days. And all I really know to tell you to do is to have a heart posture that says, God, I'm listening. I don't have an agenda that I'm trying to prove to the world about what's right and wrong. I don't have an agenda that I'm trying to prove to the world about who needs to be elected and who doesn't. I don't have any agenda other than to let your voice become my voice. And I'll leave you with this. It said, not one word of Samuel's fell to the ground as he grew up. Do you want to know what that meant? That meant that everything Samuel prophesied came to pass. He was seen as a true prophet, not a false prophet. Why? Because when you start hearing the word of God that clearly, what you speak and what God says are the same thing. And you and I have the opportunity to speak the very words of Jesus to a world in need, but we can't do that if we're not listening. So I want to invite you in this moment. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I want our church to make ourselves available Would you open your heart in this moment? Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that regardless 
of what people are carrying into viewing this moment on a screen. I pray that the posture of our heart would become, speak, Lord. We're listening. God, we don't want to have an arrogant, prideful, boastful, spiteful spirit. God, we want to have the spirit of a learner. And we want to say, God, if you're already speaking and all we need to do is listen, we're open. We're available. So God, would you look down from heaven today and see an available church? Not a church that's gathered in a building listening to a speaker, but a church that is scattered all over the world, literally going, God, whatever you want to do through us, however you want to use us, we are available. And if you have something you want to say to somebody specifically today, I pray you make them available in this moment to receive it. God, as we sing this song, as we listen to this song, would it not just be lyrics on a screen? Would this be the literal cry of our hearts as we open our Bibles and as we walk out into a world in need to be the church? We love you, God. We are available. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen.